Good morning, everyone. It's time to begin our worship service this morning. If you're visiting with us, we're certainly glad to have you. Welcome you back this evening at 6 o'clock services. Our Wednesday evening services are at 7. Just want to remind you that there are teachers needed for the next uh, quarter, which will begin September the 5th. So that'll be two weeks from today. And, uh, and if you can uh, help with a class, see David, uh, any questions you might have. Also want to remind you that we still have a couple months of mowing season left. If uh, you're able to help James out on that, we've got a uh, place to sign up out on the board and certainly appreciate that. And we want to remember our college students. Uh, I think most of them's back to school now and we want to keep them in our prayers and uh, pray that things go well there and our kids uh, back to school. And uh, we just uh, want to continue to pray that uh, things go well in, in school and, and uh, as far as sickness and everything, that uh, we need to keep praying for that. Also, uh, Ed Walls, uh, passing of Ed, uh, he'll be having his funeral today at 2 o'clock down at Halls, and uh, visitation is... Uh, Starts at 12:30, and, and the funeral service will begin at two at Hall's funeral home. And uh, I tell you, Ed was a good example for many of us. Some of us known Ed for years. I've known Ed about all my life, and uh, and to see Ed change and become a Christian, and uh, things that Ed did, and and uh, coming to services at 93, and at times when we know he didn't feel like coming, uh, I have a lot of respect, and I know we all do for people like that, and we just want to keep that family in our prayers. Also, uh, Christian Ward got good news. Uh, very thankful for that. Uh, God's answered prayers there. Her tumors have uh, they've been shrinking, and that's what we pray for, and we're excited about that and continue to pray for Kristen, and she wants to thank everyone for their prayers. Continue to be with uh, Rusty and, and uh, Kelly and Hank and Pray for all those, and Randy Ash, those who've had cancer and still taking treatments, be with them. Also, uh, we uh, offer our condolences to Amber Payne for the loss of uh, her cousin, uh, uh, Christine Nelson, in Florida. Continue to pray for that family. And, and others that we may not know about, check your bulletin and, and keep updated with that. Uh, this morning, uh, John Kelly will be leading our singing. Chad Judge will have a reading and prayer. Brian Ward will have the Lord's Table and Mike Williams. Now I see Sherry shaking her head no, so Brian's out of town, so somebody will have the Lord's table. Jerry Stevens. Okay. Okay, as we begin our service, bow with me as we go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we're always thankful that we can get together and worship you. And Father, we know as Christians that uh, that, that needs to be our desire to do that and... and uh, 
we pray, God, that you'll help us to always have that desire and, and, and never take it for granted, Lord. Uh, there's people today that uh, would love to be here and, and worship with us, and they're not able to do that. And, and we just pray, God, that you'll help us to remember them and uh, maybe a phone call, uh, a visit if possible, or send a card, whatever it may be, God. Uh, we know the last couple years it has, has really been different, and, and it's uh, changed a lot of our routines of what we can do and can't do, and and we just pray that, that you will help us to remember those in need. And Father, we pray that you'll bless our shut-ins. We, we do pray for the family of Ed Walls. We pray today, Father, as uh, they have the funeral, that you'll bless and comfort them. And, and Father, we're thankful for the news of Kristen that uh, the cancer is reacting to the chemo, and we pray that uh, it continues to do so. And, and we pray with others, Father, who are being treated, continue to pray for Rusty and we pray for Kelly and, and, and Father, others uh, that, who are hurting in whatever way it may be. Father, we pray for our country. We, we pray, Father, that uh, our leaders will uh, look to you for guidance. And we pray, Father, that we can be a country that, uh, that serves you and, and looks to you for our decisions. Be with Chris this morning as he brings us another lesson, Father. And, and Father, we pray for those uh, uh, down in Tennessee that uh, Chris uh, was from in that area that's had flooding and, and uh, uh, some lives have been lost. And we, we just pray for that. And we pray for the fires and the flooding and, and, and whatever goes on, Father. We just, uh, we're thankful that we're able to help uh, in a way that we can. And we just pray that you'll bless those people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number nine, A Wonderful Savior. <clears throat> A wonderful Savior, Jesus, my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. Savior is Jesus my Lord, He takes my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved, He did with me strength as I day. He hardened my soul in the cleft of the rock, the shadows of my thirsty land. He
Wind blow in his brightest day. For did I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky? His perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. He hides my soul in the glass of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hides my love in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. Please see. <coughs> Next hymn this morning, number 71. <clears throat> Blessed assurance. <clears throat> and after this end, Brother Chad Judge will have a scripture in your prayer. <clears throat> Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, and happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Scripture reading that Chris has given me this morning is, comes from Philippians. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Uh, I'll be reading from the NIV version. Therefore, if, 
if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion that make my joy complete and being like-minded, have the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Brethren, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now thanking you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for this opportunity to come together as a congregation to, to worship you and to sing praises to you and, and to study your word. Father, we do thank you for all the many blessings that you give us. We thank you for this building and the freedoms that we have to, to come to worship you. Father, we, we come now praying that you will uh, be with the ones that are sick, the ones that uh, cannot be with us, the ones that are dealing with COVID and dealing with cancer and just all many types of health issues, that you will be with them and you'll strengthen, strengthen and encourage them and be with the doctors that administer to them. Father, we do pray for the ones that are, have uh, in Tennessee that has been flooded, that you will be with them and you strengthen them. Be with all the family members that have lost loved ones, that you will continue to be with them and put your loving arms around them. Father, we pray for, for Chris as he's pre prepared a lesson for us today, that we'll take it to our own heart and that we will be better Christians for it. Father, we do pray that what we do and say here is pleasing to you and according to your will. We do thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for Jesus that died on the cross for us. We thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Next hymn this morning, number 662, There is a Fountain, 662. is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their Sinners plunge beneath that blood, lose all their guilty stains. Dear dying Lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose his power till all the ransomed church of God. Be saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no more. Till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no Since my faith, I saw the stream, thy flow 
echoing words of life, ringing main love has been my theme and shall be till I die, and shall be till I die, and shall be till I die. Ringing love has been my theme, and shall be till As we take our minds back to the cross where Christ suffered and died for each Christian that's here, as we prepare to take of the bread and the fruit of the vine, to help us prepare our minds, I'd like to read from Hebrews 12, verses 2 and 3. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Will you bow with me, please? Father, we're thankful that we have this opportunity to partake of this bread that represents your son's body as he died on the cross for us. We ask, Father, that you be with each of us as we partake of it, that we do it in a way that's pleasing unto you. Forgive us, Father, of our sins. In thy son's name we pray, and amen. Would you bow with me, please? Father, again, we're thankful for your son who died for us. As a Roman soldier pierced his side, forthwith came blood and water. As we partake of this bread, or blood, Father, or through the vine, we're thankful for your son who had the love for us to die on the cross and shed his blood. Bless us, Father. Forgive us. In thy son's name we pray, and amen. Under normal circumstance, we usually ask, was anyone missed? I hope no one should have asked before if everyone had the bread and the fruit of the vine. But anyway, that finishes our Lord's Supper. We have an opportunity 
to give back a portion. And I'd like to read Hebrews 13, 15, and 16. Not Revelations, but Hebrews. That'd make you nervous or nothing when you moved your card and you had everything ready. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our life, our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. We have boxes at the rear of the building that you can drop your donations in due to COVID. We appreciate it. Would you bow with me now as we give thanks for the giving? Father, we are thankful for the land in which we live. The opportunities that we have to, as we call it, earn a living. With the process of things that we have in this land, we are very thankful that we can give back a portion of the things that we have made compared to the rest of the world. We ask, Father, that that we do it in a way that's pleasing unto you and in accordance with your will. That we can give of our means to help carry on the work here, to let the light shine. Also, Father, to help give of our time. We ask that you bless us in this effort. Bless this congregation. Give us strength that we can carry on. Forgive us, Father, in thy son's name we pray. And amen. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 134, Faith is the Victory, 134. So at this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. Sing the first three verses. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall bear the glowing skies. Against the folk in best below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints above, with shouts of triumph. Run. By faith they light a whirlwind's breath, swept on for every field. The faith by which they conquered death is still a shining shield. Faith, faith is the victory, faith, faith 
is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. On every hand the foe we find drawn up in dread array. Legends of these be left behind and onward to the fray. Salvation's help, man on each head with truth all girt about. The earth shall tremble, need our tread, and echo with a shout. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Please be seated. Invitation hymn this morning, number 714, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey. This time with Chris. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you with us this morning. If you've got your Bibles, be turning to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. We are uh, going through over the next couple of weeks some of these one another passages. The Bible talks quite a bit about how we should treat one another. In fact, there are about 70 different uh, passages throughout the New Testament that talk to us about how we should treat one another. These are called, obviously, the one another passages. And so we're going to take a couple of weeks and go through some of these. We're not going through all 70. In fact, most of them, a great many of them at least, uh, talk about the same thing, indicating how important it is, obviously. And so this morning our passage comes to us from Romans chapter 15. There's some background and there's some foreground in this one, uh, as there are in a lot of passages like this. And so we're going to need to do a little bit of homework Obviously, it's in the book of Romans. Uh, Romans is uh, and can be quite difficult. And so we're, we're doing a little bit of jumping in the deep end here this morning. Uh, and so don't, uh, don't lose heart. Uh, stick with me and we'll, we'll work through this together and hopefully we can gain some insight into how we ought to treat one another and apply this incredible passage to our own lives. So Romans chapter 15, let's start in verse 1. Romans 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, here, here's our one another passage. Therefore, because of what Paul's just said, therefore, incur, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So let's back up to verse 1, and we'll just kind of walk through this passage kind of verse by verse. So the strong have an obligation to the weak. And so what, what's Paul talking about here? Who are the strong and who are the weak? And, and kind of what's that mean to us? Well, if you, if you fall back to Romans chapter 14, 
you'll find Paul in, the, in this discussion about who the strong are and who are the weak. In the Roman church in the first century, there is a uh, demographic of the church that is held throughout most of the first century. There's a Jewish element that's quite strong in the early church, meaning that a great many Jews came out of Judaism and they entered the church. The other part of the demographic is the Gentiles who have come out of the pagan world and they have entered the church. Now, that is an amazing thing. And in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says... This is one of the incredible things of God that he brings these two people who are so disparate, so, so, so different from each other, and he's put them in one body so that they can both glorify him. him. It's an incredible thing. In the first century, you see the growing pains of the early church. The, the Jewish folks who have come into the church, especially early on in the first century, just a few decades after the church has been uh, formed, as a matter of fact, they really struggle with bringing a lot of Judaism into the church. And so the Jews have these laws, uh, and you can find them in Leviticus still, uh, of things that they could not eat, uh, foods that were not clean, uh, foods that were not acceptable for a Jewish person to eat. And so when these Jewish folks come to Christ, when they come into the church, they bring those laws with them. Uh, it's something that they've always done from their childhood up. They've, they've learned that this is what's pleasing to God. And then everything changed. And you remember in Acts chapter 10, uh, right before Peter goes to meet Cornelius, the first Gentile convert, God shows uh, Peter this vision and he lets down this sheet and inside the sheet are, is, is every animal you can think of, like Noah's Ark was dumped into the sheet. And, and God says, you know, all animals are clean now. And it's his way of also saying, not only can you eat every food, uh, all the animals, but you can also, the Gentiles are also coming into the kingdom. It's not just a Jewish thing anymore, it's, it's a worldwide Thing now, So he's not just cleaning the food when he does that, but he's also bringing in the Gentiles into the church at that point. So, but here in Romans 15 and throughout the first century church, every, every letter that's written to the churches deal with this issue. At least a lot of them do. Some of the Jews are trying to bring in those old laws, the Judaic laws, the laws that they've been following since they were kids, they're trying to bring those into the church. In the first century, sometimes that's okay, sometimes it's not. It depends on how they're, how they're dealing with it uh, and what they're demanding from others. And so these folks, apparently in Rome, uh, some of them, some of the, the Jewish Christians are saying, well, this is what we're going to do. Um, and they're kind of looking down on, they're kind of treating as second-class citizens people who, namely the Gentile converts, who don't, or who do eat those types of foods. And so they're, they're kind of treating them like second-class citizens. You find that uh, starting in 14, 3, chapter 14, verse 3. Uh, and then he, he starts talking about these, these special days. If you're familiar with Judaism, you know that they have a lot of special days. The Sabbath is one of their special, special days. They also have special feasts spread throughout the year. 
uh, special times when they commemorate what God has done. Those things are good, right? Uh, those things are fine to observe, to remember how God has delivered people in the past. We do that, don't we? Uh, we look back on times when God has delivered us and it builds up our faith. The Jewish people in the first century are doing that. They're looking back across their span of history with God and they're remembering the times that He has saved them. The exodus would be one of those th- times. The exile would be one of those times. And, uh, the crossing the Jordan River, the memorial stones are one of those times. And so they have all these, these remembrances, these special days. And there are some Christians uh, that are coming out of Judaism, that have come into the church, that are saying, we, we really want to hold on to those special days. And they're kind of looking down on the ones who who don't hold on to those special days. Now, on this side of the equation, you've got the pagan, the Gentile converts who are coming out of paganism who don't know anything about these special days. And so they're saying, why should we count those days as special? Those those things don't mean anything to us. And so we're not going to observe those things. And you're kind of silly for observing those things because Jesus didn't say anything about them. And he didn't say we needed to observe those things. And so you're the ones who are being silly. And while we're on it, those, those food laws, Jesus said all foods are clean and we can eat whatever we want to now. And so those food laws that you're so proud of, those things are silly. And so both people on either end of the aisle are looking at the other one and saying, what you're doing silly? Man, if only we had some modern day context of which we could apply this passage, right? If only. Um, so that's what he's saying here. Those who are strong have an obligation to bear with those who are weak. He's saying that the ones who are, who are more uh, mature who, in Christ, the ones who, are, um, who have more liberty inside of Christ, the ones who are freer, he says, you guys are the strong ones. And so it, it's incumbent upon you to bear with the ones who are struggling, the ones who are weak, the one who says, well, I've got a, I've got a conscientious objection to that, 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 that thing there, that idea. He says, it's the, the ones who are strong, are the ones who bear the brunt of that. Well, why, Paul? Why should we bear the brunt of that? Well, verse 2. Paul's a logical guy. He says, well, verse 2 is why you should do that. Well, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. So we come to the passage that Chad read for us today in Philippians 2 because it's a pretty good parallel passage to this verse here because we're looking not just to our own interests, Right? That's what he says in Philippians 2, verse 3. That's Paul's word to the Philippian congregation, who is an amazing congregation. Right, they, They're doing an incredible work in the middle of a very hostile culture in Philippi. But they're staying strong and they're, 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 they're doing what God would have them to do. And so he says, don't, don't look out just for yourselves. Right, don't, You're not looking out for number one. That's kind of the American concept. right? I'm going to take care of me and everybody else can... And take care of them. He says, no, no, that's, that's not how we do the Christian life. We look for the benefit of others, right? So you're more important than I am, in my view, right? Uh, in my head, you're more important. So I'm trying to take care of you before I take care of myself, right? So that means that your opinions and your needs are more important than my opinions and my needs, which makes that, means that my opinions kind of take a back seat, don't they? And, and I don't fight over things that aren't doctrine, that don't matter. Again, if only we had a modern day context with which we could apply this passage, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? 
And so he says, you don't just do this to get away from a fight. You're not, you're not just trying to stay away from, uh, from, from strife, from, from controversy here. You're doing this. You're looking out for each other. You're putting each other ahead of yourself to build for the purpose of building that person up, for encouraging them. We don't live to please ourselves. A lot of people want the benefit of a close relationship with the church, right? Everybody wants the benefit of a close relationship as members of God's body. Fewer people are willing to take on the burdens of the, of the close relationship with the church. He says the burden is you bear with one another. You put your opinions and your needs and your strongly held opinions maybe, you put those things on the back burner because they're not doctrine. If they were doctrine, we hold on to those things, right? We hold on to the things that Jesus teaches because he's clear. And these things we don't ever let go of, right? But he says some of these opinion-based stuff, he says your opinions, well, they don't really matter because winning the fight isn't really what is important. What's important, Paul? What's important, God? Building up your brother and sister. Okay? So verse 3 is just so, so interesting. And I bet you didn't understand it because the first seven times I read it, I didn't understand it. So let's read it again. And let's just kind of walk through it very, very, very slowly. (laughs) Romans chapter 15, verse 3. Paul's trying to give us an illustration here for why we should bear with each other. And he's going to bring Christ to bear here. Listen to what he says and we'll talk about it. For Christ did not please himself. So that's what he's saying. He wants you to, in the words of Philippians 2, 5 through 11, have this mind in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? He wants us to be like Jesus. And Jesus didn't please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. That's a lot of reproaching, isn't it? And if you try to backdoor that one, like try to figure out what's going on, you start with, well, who's been, who's been reproached? Well, let me help you out. <laughs> if you've got a note in your Bible correlation here, it might point you back to Psalm 69. You're going to want to turn there and maybe mark your, uh, make a mark in your scripture here in Romans 15 uh, that sends you back to Psalm 69, verse 9. Because you just can't understand this passage without Psalm 69, verse 9. So what's going on here? Psalm 69, verse 9 makes it a little bit more clear for us. And you're going to recognize this verse. This is kind of an incredible passage. Psalm 69 is is just really incredible. Um, Listen to the first part, because you're going to recognize it from our study in Mark. For zeal for your house has consumed me. (coughs) You remember that? That's, what Jesus, that's the exact verse that Jesus quotes when he comes into the temple and he sees trash, trash laying everywhere, people taking advantage of one another. He says, zeal for your house has consumed me. And he makes a whip of cords and he drives out the money changers and everybody that's doing business in the temple. What's so interesting is the second half of this prophecy. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. 
This is a psalm of David. So David writes this psalm, and he's talking to God. And if you go back through and you read the rest of this psalm, you'll find that David says, I'm so close to God. I've become so connected to Him that whoever insults Him insults me. And that's kind of a phenomenal thought, right? That's the way we ought to be. So connected with God that whoever insults Him, we feel the fire of it. We feel, we feel the pain of the insult, right? That's what David's saying here. Whoever insults you, it's like they've insulted me. Whoever reproaches you, I feel the, the brunt. I feel the, the pain of that reproach. So flip back over. Maybe hold your place so you can look at that verse again in Psalm 69. But flip back over to Romans chapter 15. And let's, let's kind of try to wrap our heads around this verse and what Paul's trying to say to us here. So Christ didn't please himself and neither should we, right? Because Christ said the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Now what in the world is he talking about, right? You kind of got to, in Mark, we talked about spending time with scripture. You've got to spend time with these passages, uh, you can't just read through this very quickly because if you do, you're going to miss what he's trying to say here. So spend some time with this passage and just kind of kick it around and, and, and feel it. Like look, try to understand what he's, what he's trying to get across to us here. So the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Jesus has become, I think what Paul is saying here, so connected to us that he came to live in the flesh, right? But he's also so connected to the Father that when people mock him, they're mocking God because he's 100% God. And the only reason he can be mocked was God's not mocked. He gets justice in the end. The only reason he can be mocked is because he's taken on human form. He's aligned himself with us. And so all the reproaches that are against God, they fall on Jesus. Well, why? Because he's taken on humanity's form. Why in the world would he do that? That is, I mean, that's, that's the mystery of the gospel, right? Why would Jesus take on human form? Because his goal was never to please himself. Right? His goal was never to please himself. He did that for our benefit. Paul's trying to remind you of that incredible standard when he says, you who are strong, you need to bear with the weak. Just like Christ did. This is the level at which he did this. This is the level at which he bore with the weak. We are the weak. In, in this illustration, right? So Christ came down, lived among us, was mocked, was, bore the brunt uh, of our sin, was ultimately murdered, all because he was connected to us and connected to the Father. So we need to be like that. He says it very similarly in Philippians 2, 5-11, through 11, when he says, Have this mind in yourselves, which was also in... Christ Jesus. So <clears throat> I think that's what he's trying to get across here with this, with this uh, quotation from Psalm 69, verse 9. 
verse 4, he says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, and that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. He says, you, you, don't, you can't just throw away the Old Testament. Paul is well aware that we live under the new covenant, right? And that's what some of the Jews and Gentiles are struggling with in the first century. Uh, how much of the old covenant is okay to bring in? Well, the food laws, is that okay to bring in? Uh, the, the special days, is that okay to bring in? Circumcision, is that okay to bring in? Because they're going to have a pretty big fight about that particular topic uh, in Galatians 2 and in Acts 15. It's a referencing the same, the same situation. But from some teachers from Jerusalem have come down to Galatia and they are insisting that the Gentile converts become circumcised. You can't get into heaven without being circumcised and being baptized. That's what these Jerusalem teachers are going to tell the Galatian Christians. And they are so insistent that even Peter, the incredible Apostle Peter, right? The guy who's, who is the bulwark of the church, right? The Apostle Peter, as well as Barnabas, the son of encouragement. They're both led astray. They both fall into the, this, this heresy. Um, where the Jerusalem teachers are saying, well, baptism is necessary for salvation, but you also have to be circumcised. The problem was that they added baptism and anything else. Fill in the blank. Baptism and anything else saves you. And Paul says, God says, no, no. Baptism, 1 Peter three twenty one. Peter will learn this lesson well. He says, baptism is what now, now, now saves you. It's not circumcision anymore. And so in the first century, they're struggling, trying to figure out what can come over and what needs to stay in the past. What's part of God's current law and what needs to, to be done away with? It's a pretty big struggle. And so in, in Romans 15, uh, 14 and 15, really, Paul says, well, some of the stuff that you're, that you're talking about, we have to leave it in the past, but some of it, it's okay to bring along with you. Now, so he's saying you can't throw away the Old Testament. Uh, you, have to, you have to pay attention uh, to it because it's written for our instruction and our endurance. And the God who wrote it is a God of endurance and of encouragement. He, he's praying that God will help us to live in harmony with each other. Now, the things that, they're, that it's okay to pull over from Judaism... He says, well, the guys that are insisting that, they, um, that the special days are okay, he says, well, you're, you're okaying that special day. You're celebrating that special day because uh, you're, you're trying to honor God. What you need to remember if you're in that group is the person over here who's not celebrating that special day is doing it, not celebrating it to honor God as well. That makes sense. Paul kind of says, you're both honoring God. You're both trying to live righteous lives. Live in harmony with one another. And he, he says, you know, if you don't want to eat meat, what's that matter? And if you want to be a vegetarian, that's fine. You're doing it to honor God. That's good. On this side, with the Gentile Christians, if you think it's okay to eat meat, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you eat meat or not or whether you're vegetarian or not. We're, 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 the goal here is to live in 
harmony with one another. And so you're both doing it to honor Christ. And so since it's a non-doctrinal point, he says live in harmony, get along. Uh, Look what he says in uh, verse 13, Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Back up to to the previous chapter. Paul's going to kind of continue. This is where he starts his his section in Romans 15 that he's going to conclude in verse 7. He actually starts this train of thought in Romans 14, verse 13. He says, therefore, (coughs) excuse me. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Right? He's not talking doctrinal stuff there. If it's doctrinal, he's going to say in 1 Corinthians 5, we judge the church. We we don't judge the outsiders. We we try to bring them in, uh, but we judge the church. And so if I see your life out of line or you see my life out of line with the step of the gospel, that's where we come in. We try to help each other, right? So here he's talking about these complete opinion-based stuff. So don't pass judgment on this opinion-based stuff. No stumbling blocks, no hindrances, uh, throwing in the way of a brother. Don't do that. Verse 14, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. He says all foods are fine. Paul says I don't care. Now Paul grew up a good Jew. In fact, he was such a good Jew that he started persecuting the church early on in his life uh, when he was probably younger than I am. So this guy grew up a good Jew. He didn't eat uh, pork. He didn't eat uh, uh, the unclean unclean foods. But now, since he's matured inside of Christ, he's he's gotten this this Acts 10 word from God uh, where all foods are clean. He says... I know that all foods are clean now. I'm convinced of that. But, verse 14, don't stop reading. He says, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. Right? So he says, some of you guys that are struggling over here, saying, because you came in from Judaism, you came into the church from Judaism, he said, well, it really bothers me to to eat these foods. I don't think God's God's, uh, okay with that. He says, don't eat them. You want to be a vegetarian? Great. Don't eat those foods. If it bothers your conscience, don't eat them. But you can't look down on this group because they do eat them. Right? He says, you want to celebrate the days? You want to remember what, how God has delivered you out of the past? Awesome. That's what you should be doing. God's a God of deliverance, right? And he sticks with you. He's faithful. He's steadfast love. You want to remember those times where he's delivered you? great. You're honoring God and it's building up your faith, but you can't look down on the people who don't honor those days because they're doing it to honor God as well, right? So check out what he says in the rest of Romans 15 verse 6. We're doing all this that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One voice. He's talking about unity. And we talked about this a little bit last week. And I think you're going to see it as we walk through all these one another passages. The first step to treating one another like God wants us to treat each other is to be devoted to the Father. We have to be connected to Him before we can be connected to anybody else. We have to be connected to Him before we can be connected to His people. 
So devotion to Him is uh, the first step. And then, and only then, can we be devoted to one another. Only then and then can we treat each other like He wants us to treat each other. It's only then that we can have unity. You want unity apart from devotion? It cannot happen. Cannot happen. Unity in the church only comes as a byproduct of devotion to God. We worship the Father with, Paul says, one voice here because we're connected to the Father. Verse 70 says, Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. He looks at this, this new church and they've got all this, this strife, this back and forth. And this group is looking down on that group because they, they're treating them like second class Christians. And this group is looking down on that group because they're not doing what they think is right. And so they're looking down on them as second class citizens. He says both of this stuff is opinion based stuff and you're both doing it to honor the Lord. So live in harmony. If you're strong, you kind of give a little bit with the weak. And you don't insist on your own way. But you, you look for a way to build up your brother. We're kind of in a season of our, of our lives in the American church where we've got some folks who were looking down on the other ones because they didn't do certain things. They didn't get vaccinated, they're not wearing the mask, whatever. And then we've got some other people who are on the other side of the aisle. And they're looking down on the ones who did get vaccinated, are the ones that are wearing masks. <coughs> and Paul says, it doesn't matter. This opinion-based stuff, right? You do what's things right. Honor God in whatever decision you make. And then we can be unified if we're connected to the Father, right? So I think Paul would say, wear the mask, don't wear the mask. Vaccinated, don't vaccinate. Don't tear down. In fact, in fact, he's going to say that. Uh, let's see where he says it. Um, don't destroy that which God, that which Jesus has died for, for, for opinion-based stuff. Um, Don't destroy what Christ has died for, for that kind of thing. And so we welcome one another. I think what he's trying to say here in Romans 15 verse 7 is that as we welcome one another, we don't, we don't treat people as second class Christians. We don't look down on them because of something that they've done that's opinion based. Again, if it's doctrinal... If it's a question of what Jesus has said, we judge the church. We're the ones who set each other right, right? If you go back and you look at Galatians chapter 2, Paul confronts Peter. I would not have wanted to have been a fly on the wall in that room. But Paul confronts Peter to his face and he calls him wrong in front of everybody because Peter's been drawing back uh, away from the Gentiles. He's been bringing in more and more of those, those Old Testament laws, including circumcision. So Peter was saying... You've got to be baptized and be circumcised to get to heaven. Paul says, no, that's just not the truth. 
He confronts him to his face. And that's what we do as the church. We, we help each other, right? We, we, we uh, confront each other when we see something that's out of step with the truth of the gospel. But this opinion-based stuff, he just says, don't destroy God's work for that kind of thing. The church is too important to be divided over these kinds of issues. Should we be divided over how much we evangelize? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Should we be divided over how, how gentle we are and our, our doctrine and our righteousness? Yes. If you see someone whose life is out of step with the truth of the gospel and they're, they're, they're not living righteous lives, they're not evangelized, they're not showing the compassion, they're not holding to the doctrine, yes. But if it's opinion-based stuff, no. Don't destroy God's work over that. You never know what's going to throw an obstacle in someone else's path and some thoughtless word out of your mouth over a vaccine or a mask or something that's COVID-related might just destroy them. We're, we're, so many people are so on edge, so close to walking away from Christ or getting closer to Him. We just need to be very careful with our words and our thoughts. Um, we need to welcome one another. Paul's writing to a church who is in the middle of a season, very much like what we're in. It, this, this Judaic um, all the principles that are coming from Judaism, it, it's a hot-button issue in, in the first century. And there were an awful lot of tempers that were flaring over this issue. And Paul says, tempers need to calm down. Let's focus on the one thing. The one thing is, are you connected to Christ? Because if you are, and only then, can you be connected to each other and treat each other the way you want to be treated, the way you need to be treating each other. So this morning, that's my question to you. Are you connected to Christ? Are you devoted to Him? Have you been baptized into His blood? Have you had your sins washed away? Because it's at the point of baptism that your sins are washed away. Today, if you need to make that decision to, to come to Christ, to have your sins washed away through the power of His blood and baptism, we want to aid you in that. Maybe you just need the prayers of this congregation to, to live righteously in the middle of a difficult season. We want to age in any way we can. Uh, please come as we stand and sing. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still. And with all the will, trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his heart Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way 
happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he says we will Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Please be seated. Good morning, church family. We have a few announcements to go over before we are dismissed. Um, a reminder that teachers are needed for the fall quarter. Sign up on the four-year board. Uh, class material can be picked up in the teacher's resource room. As mentioned earlier, we'd like to express our sympathy uh, to Amber Payne and family at the passing of her cousin, Christine Nelson. Uh, she lived in Florida and was being treated for COVID, so remember to keep this family in your prayers. And also our uh, sympathy and prayers to Terry and uh, Kathy Walls and family at the passing of Ed on Monday. Uh, the visitation today at Hall's Funeral Home at 1230, and uh, the memorial service will be at 2. Updates on the prayer list. Uh, Alan Payne continues to recover at home. Remember to keep him in your prayers. Uh, he's back in the hospital. Okay. Alan Payne's back in the hospital. Remember to keep him in your prayers. Wanda Allen, mother of Sherry Pittman, uh, remains in St. Mary's, now off of the vent and improving. Rem uh, continue to keep Kelly Williams in prayers. Uh, Wayne Townsend, that's a stepfather to Chris, taken to the hospital for a wound on his foot that may have become uh, septic. And also, as mentioned earlier, remember to uh, keep the town of Waverly, that's Chris and Kelly's hometown, uh, in your prayers as they uh, had that extreme flash flooding. Marvin McAllister has requested prayers for his sister, Carol Lee, who has COVID at this time and is in St. Mary's. Her condition is critical. And Stephanie Chester, that's Katie Berkey's mother, recovering from COVID, but was admitted to hospital with possible blood clot in her lung. And continue to keep Kristen and Rusty and Hank, Randy, Ash, Steve Ware, uh, Dennis Haney, Tracy Hamrick, all the others that are battling cancer at this time in your prayers. Be sure to pick up a bulletin out in the lobby. Uh, for others that have been that weren't mentioned today that needs a uh, continued prayers are there any other announcements that need to be made I'd like to welcome everyone back to our evening service which begins at 6 p.m. we'll sing one more song and have a closing word of prayer let's please stand again we'll sing hymn, hymn number 247 here we are but straying pilgrims we'll sing the first and last verse and then brother Mike Williams will have our prayer Here we are, but straying pilgrims here. Our path is off again. But to cheer us on our journey still, we sing this wayside hymn. Yonder, over the rolling river, where the shining mansions rise, soon will be our home forever. And the smile of the blessed giver gladdens all our longing eyes. Here our souls are 
Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time, Lord, as we wrapping up our services, just thanking you, Father, for the opportunity to be here this morning, for this place, Father, this church. We thank you, Lord, for the ability to worship you, the health that you've given us to, to be here today. And Father, we just pray that everything that was done here this morning brings glory to you, Lord, and that we keep our focus upon you and and don't allow the uh, distractions of the world to, to take our eyes upon you and what really matters, Father. And we thank you for Jesus and thank you for his death on the cross that gives us hope. And Father, we're just mindful of all those that have been mentioned today that are in need of prayer. Lord, we continue to pray for the Walls family and the Royce family and Amber Payne's family at the loss of their loved ones and, and all those that are dealing with physical ailments, Father, those that are um, dealing with COVID, be with Carol Lee and and uh, Katie's mom, Stephanie, and, and so many, Father, and, and those dealing with cancer, Lord, continue to pray for Hank and um, Rusty and, and Kristen and Kelly and, and so many, Father, uh, just be with them and their treatments, and, and Lord, just uh, all the others, be with Alan, let's pray for healing and that he can get home soon, and, and Wanda and, and all those, uh, Lord, that that have been mentioned, and we just thank you, Father, that we can approach you in prayer, that we know you hear our prayers, and we know that you uh, are the great healer, Lord, and Father, we thank you for our country, for all the freedoms that you give us, and we are mindful and, uh, in prayer for those that are in Afghanistan and the issues that they're going through right now. Just be with uh, the Christians that are there and bless them, and uh, be with those in Haiti, Father, and um, and also in Waverly, Tennessee, Father, the flooding that they're going through, just bless that, um, that area and the, the church and, and just be with them. And, and Father, just be with us as we leave here today. Give us safe travels home and, and just watch over us and forgive us when we do fall short. It's through Jesus we do pray. Amen. <laughs>